Good morning friends, Larry here from the Daily Larb, hope you're well today. Uh, second last day of the month, hasn't time flown, huh? Time, yeah, uh, clocks went, what was it, forward, back, yes, spring forward, fall back, isn't that it? Um, I know in Europe, everybody does it, right, the whole world does it? I, I, don't, I don't know, I know Europe does it, and Ireland and the UK does it. But uh, adjust the clock, I mean. Um, I was talking about this yesterday a little bit. It's uh, very convenient, don't you think? That we can just mess around with it as such. Uh, about six months ago I wrote an article on the subject. Um, what was this I called it? Uh, the absurdness of the leap year or something like that. I can't remember. Um, the preposterousness. That's what it was. The preposterousness of the leap year. And uh, what's remarkable really is how um, us as a people are so welded uh, to the idea that time exists, you know, that we live upon a line from birth to death. And uh, this is linear mode of thinking is, is restrictive, I feel. Well, we get on to that in a minute. Um, I'm here now with my toffee crisp cup. Uh, Got them free with a Easter egg last year. And I've got my coffee in it. And uh, I'm very pleased this morning because the coffee that's in this cup came out of my little percolator, my little Italian cafetiere. And uh, I'd say for about a year or more even, the little rubber ring was um, just gone to nothing, disintegrated from overuse and uh, extended coffee consumption on my part so I had no percolator so I was struggling until that is the missus bought me a DeLonghi kind of uh, barista thing and it's great uh, gets the creme on the top and I love that but uh, it's very noisy and it's just a little bit too cold I always have to put the coffee in the microwave and fucking nuke it and I don't like doing that you know so um Yesterday I was in Dublin city centre and uh, I spotted a little um, kind of trinket shop or whatever you want to call it. And in I went and I got myself the rubber rings. And uh, I'm delighted. So now I can actually make uh, two cups of coffee with the one piece of equipment. And that makes me happy. So I am uh, in a great place today. So, uh, more on time. I've amassed uh, a lot of uh, written material on this subject and I'm going to share with you a couple of books that uh, that I've gathered together in my research. Uh, I decided about uh, maybe two years ago that I was going to write my own book on time. Um, I remember one day the whole notion of it being illusory uh, creeped up on me, um, uh, I suppose over a couple of days and... Uh, I remember having a conversation with uh, a, a brother-in-law of mine on the subject and uh, it just seems so obvious to me now that uh, there is no time per se and uh, but for a lot of people it's it's very real and um I think I think it plays out in uh how we live of course it does our whole psychology is built around this idea that we live along a line you know um, and that uh, the past creates the future, 
you know the past creates the present when in fact it's not that case at all it's the present creates the past and the present creates the future because when we're here now and we think about things we did in inverted commas we think about it now and when we reflect on our past we do it now so all construction of events so-called past events is done now through discussion with others now or thinking about those past events now um, and it's the reason why people have different ideas uh, of how a past event transpired and even in fact to call uh, a, an experience an event and, and separate our so-called past into events is uh, not really seeing the full picture so yes um so we think about uh we think about our so-called past and we do it now and we reconstruct our past um now through what we call memory uh we don't know neuroscience and psychology doesn't know what memory is sure we've got some theories about how we uh remember things remember put back together uh, events and um, we all have our own distinct way of doing that and uh, we are influenced by others we're influenced by events that are happening now and it's the reason why eyewitness testimony is not taken as a uh, verbatim uh, certainly to the same degree as it used to be um, uh, if you check out Elizabeth Loftus and her research you'll see more on that and uh, she was involved in I won't get into that but she was involved in uh, cases of of um, individuals being charged and convicted incorrectly based on eyewitness testimony that was subsequently proven to be uh, inaccurate um, through by virtue of her research. So um, there is no time without memory. Uh, memory creates our notion of time, but our notion of memory is flawed because most of us believe that our memory is a, a movie. Uh, it's an exact, an exact uh, replication of events that occurred in our so-called past, but that's not true either. Psychological research has shown that that's not true. So our whole idea of time is completely screwed up, and um, uh, I'm in the middle of writing a book on this. Uh, I, I move in and out of it from time to time, pardon the pun, <laughs> but uh, it's a fascinating subject, and I've... Uh, built up some material for my research and I want to share some of that with you now uh, some books there's one particular writer uh, scientist who uh, has been quite prolific on this subject uh, he's deceased now but um, he was around in the uh, 60s and 70s and what have you and he's produced a lot of material on the whole concept of time um, and he writes about how Pope Gregory was the instigator of the modern calendar and how uh, his insistence that um, holy days be adhered to, etc., and he get unity across the domain of uh, the religious domain that um, people adhere to the holy days and all this kind of shit um, was, a, was an instigator of the modern calendar. Um, 
It's a completely arbitrary subject. Uh, so G.J. Whitrow, um, he produced several books. The first one, if you want to check it out, is called The Nature of Time. Uh, another one he wrote, there's a little bit of duplication here, so I think one or two of these is actually the same material, it's just published differently, but I have both copies. G.J. Uh, uh, Whitrow, What is Time? Um, he wrote, um, these are only a couple now that he wrote. He wrote another one, Time in History, which is basically the history of time and different cultures, which is, uh, I haven't got my teeth into it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it will account for a chapter in the book that I'm writing. And uh, then there's a substantial read of his hardback. I got it secondhand on on Amazon. It's called The Natural Philosophy of Time. Yeah, it's another one. But uh, a more modern scientist who's written on the subject, and I really like this man's material. It's it's sensible. It it, it feels accurate to me. It's certainly digestible for um, uh, individuals who are not of an academic background. Uh, it's called The End of Time. It's written by Julian Barber. Um, he's uh, He's got fascinating views on it. And himself and Lee Smolin, who wrote Time Reborn, um, have uh, have mutual respect for each other, I understand, but have been at each other's uh, necks a little bit, I think, in the past, in terms of what's right and what's wrong, you know. But, um, yeah, another, another book you should check out. Uh, it, it has a more... Uh, physics feel to it, more structured, kind of rock solid, traditional scientific view is from eternity to here. Sean Carroll, he's a modern scientist, modern um, physicist who's uh, continuously examined this subject and takes on the, takes it on from the aspects of cosmology and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting read too. Um, uh, but from my angle. Um, the interesting thing about this is the is the mindset, the the ideas that we hold as a society uh, around this whole concept of time. And uh, I suppose I'd be looking at this um, subject on and off going forward from a more psychological standpoint, um, philosophical standpoint, rather than a, a nuts and bolts. Uh, scientific uh, uh, physical world perspective if you follow me um, so that's what I'm up to the material I'm reading at the moment is uh, The End of Time by Julian Barber so I thought I would just finish out this segment by reading you uh, an extract from this The Next Revolution in Physics Nothing is more mysterious and elusive than time it seems to be the most powerful force in the universe, carrying us inexorably from birth to death. But what is it exactly? St. Augustine, who died in AD 430, summed up the problem thus. If nobody asks me, I know what time is. But if I am asked, then I am at a loss what to say. All agree that time is associated with change, growth and decay. But is it more than this? Questions abound. Does time move forward, bringing into being an ever-changing present? Does the past still exist? Where is the past? Is the future already predetermined, sitting here waiting for us, though we know not what it is? All these questions will be addressed in this book. But the biggest remains, the one that St. Augustine could not answer. What is time? Curiously, physicists have tended not to ask this question, preferring to leave it to philosophers. 
the reason is probably the colossal and dominating influence of Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein. They shaped the way physicists think about space, time and motion. Each created a representation of the world of unsurpassed clarity. But having seen their way to a structure of things, they did not bother unduly about its foundations. This creates potential confusion. Without question, their theories contain wonderful truths, but they both take time as a given. It is a building block on a par with space, a primary substance. In fact, Einstein fused it with three-dimensional space to make four-dimensional space-time. This was one of the greatest revolutions in physics. Revolutions are what make physics such a fascinating science. Every now and then a totally new perspective is opened up. But it is not that we close the shutters on one window, open them on another and find ourselves looking out in wonder on a brand new landscape. The old insights are retained within the new picture. A better metaphor of physics is mountaineering. The higher we climb, the more comprehensive the view. Each new vantage point yields a better understanding of the interconnection of things. What is more, gradual accumulation of understanding is punctuated by sudden and startling enlargements of the horizon. And when we reach the brow of the hill and see things never conceived of in the ascent, once we have found our bearings in the new landscape, our path to the most recently attained summit is laid bare and takes its honourable place in the new world. Today, physicists confidently, indeed impatiently, await the next revolution. But what will it be? In 1979, when, like Newton and Dirac before him, Stephen Hawking became the Lucassian professor at Cambridge, he announced in his inaugural address the imminent end of physics. Within 20 years, physicists would possess a theory of everything, created by a double unification of all the forces of nature and of Einstein's general theory of relativity with quantum mechanics. Physicists would then know all the inner secrets of existence and it would merely remain to work out the consequences. So that's just a bit of an intro. Um, this guy is not, his thinking and his theories are not bound by institutional science, by institutional physics. He's not a professor at a university, in other words. He doesn't work under the gaze of uh, the establishment. He's, um, he's actually uh, worked all his life as a, um, a, not a linguist, but a translator of uh, documents, of scientific research documents. So um, he's not a professor, but he is a scientist and uh, seems to know his shit. So check out The End of Time. If you want to, I, I wrote a little article uh, about this book uh, a couple of months ago um, on my site, larrygmaguire.com. You can read about it and get a link to the book, larrygmaguire.com. Just there's a search bar there, just or go to the blog, just type in Julian Barber and you'll find it. You'll find the, the article. Um, so that stuff interests me greatly, and uh, I like to talk about it and I like to write about it and um, all that kind of stuff. So you'll most likely hear more on that from me. Um, but for today, I put away my uh, my curiosities, and I need to knuckle down into a piece of work because I have an in-class assessment on Thursday, a presentation 
uh, a small presentation it's only four minutes but uh, it matters and um, it's 30 percent of my marks on this particular subject uh, it's the development of the individual across the lifespan and uh, I have some work to do so I need to knuckle down and, and get uh, my little presentation done and I need to uh, refine it and I need to um, practice it get my shit together because I don't want to go bleh, 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 uh, up in front of uh, a classroom of people so uh, that's my work today I'll probably sign out this is pr about probably the last you'll see of me today I'll get back on later on I suppose um, maybe this evening at some point and uh, that's it so whatever you're up to whatever platform you're on if you're on uh, Anchor well then that's awesome uh, give us a call and let me know what you think about this subject uh, I'd love to hear from you um, if you're listening on Spreaker give us an old share or a like or whatever um, you could be listening on YouTube because these, these podcasts go to YouTube too um, give us a comment in there if you wish um, do I repost on my own site not these, these are kind of micro podcast episodes and I shoot them out, record them on Anchor uh, I, I stitch them together and I send them out to uh, iTunes and Spreaker and uh, where else they go out on YouTube as I said and they probably they probably end up on a whole load of other podcast platforms it's the Daily Larb I'm Larry G. McGuire thanks for listening and uh, I shall check you later on hope you have a good day whatever you're up to alright take care now bye bye